0: I did not want to be addicted. I just didn't see a way out. But I cried out, God, I'm a drug addict, and I'm powerless against my addiction. I cannot stop. Please help. And that was the last day I used drugs. Real life starts now. This is...
1: Hi, this is Evangelist Sanlei. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Now, recently, we've been talking about the idea of atheists becoming Christians and posing the question, does it ever really happen? The short answer is yes. And did you know that conversions are beginning to increase over those who are forsaking their faith? (laughs) Like, is happening at a larger rate? Now, in our last show, Ronald Dabdu was describing how he forsook his childhood faith due to a misunderstanding about a legal lawsuit that occurred with a church he was raised in. And he was so hurt and angry about it, he started to believe that God wasn't real. He viewed religion as just a means of people trying to control other people. And he lived in such a way that kept any belief of God out of his life. But then as he got older, he got addicted to prescription opioids. This addiction started to destroy his life, and he needed help. He went on a 30-day journey to see if God was real, and to see which God in the world was real. After 30 days, a close friend of him told him how to get to heaven and how to get to God, and he prayed that very prayer to receive Christ. Today, we're going to find out what that little prayer did to his life. Ronald, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Ah, Ronald, it's great having you back. And as we last left off with a story where you're in the car, you called out to Jesus to save you, but did that do anything to the addictions? Like, were you still addicted to the opioids, smoking? Tell us about that.
0: Okay. After I first accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I asked him if there was anything that he wanted me to change about myself. And it was ironic. I got an email at that exact moment, and I laughed to myself. I said, did God just email me? (laughs) I knew that that wasn't the case, but I opened it because of the timing, and it was an ad telling me to quit smoking today. (laughs) And I said, wow, did God just tell me to quit smoking? And I I shrugged it off well I got into my car to go for work and when I went to put the cigarette in my mouth I got extreme pressure in my ear and I pulled the cigarette out the pressure went away I did that a few times testing it and I thought to myself do I have a supernatural guy communicating with me telling me to quit smoking and then I said God I'm powerless against my addiction I cannot quit you're gonna have to intervene if you really want me to Well, through a series of events, some things happened that made it clear that God was speaking to me. And after 20 years of failing, I had success and I quit smoking that day. What originally brought me to seeking a God was that I did not want to be addicted. I just didn't see a way out. And I said, This God, if He's powerful enough to help me quit smoking, There's nothing that's too big for him. He could also help me with this. And after I quit smoking for about two weeks, I cried out, God, I'm a drug addict and I'm powerless against my addiction. I cannot stop. Please help. And that was the last day I used drugs.
1: Wow. So God answered your prayer immediately and you got deliverance from your drug addiction on the spot. Now, something must have happened to you for this to happen. What happened for you to be able to believe in a God that you adamantly didn't believe in when you were younger? Did you have some sort of encounter? Well, the
0: night after I offered myself to the Lord as a living sacrifice, I was filled with this desire to want to know this God the best that I could. So I started reading scriptures, and I took off work the next day, and I read the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the majority of the book of Acts. All that reading made me tired. So I decided to go to bed. As soon as I sat down in my bed, I'm surrounded by four sheetrock walls. As soon as I sat down in my bed, I could feel like a light breeze blowing from the wall, which was a sheetrock wall. It didn't make any sense. I couldn't figure out where this light breeze was coming from. So it was late. I took off work that day, and I knew I had double work to do the next day. I said, I'm just not going to worry about it. It's a light breeze. I better get some sleep. As soon as I closed my eyes, this light breeze turned into like a windstorm, like I was in a tornado or a hurricane. It was so intense. I opened my eyes immediately. And when I did, the first thing I noticed was my curtains were blowing up in the air like the window was open and there was a storm out, but that was not the case. Mm -hmm. I sat up in my bed and my room is filled with smoke or mist or I don't know exactly what it was, but it was like real foggy in my room the wind died down and at the foot of my bed, I don't know if you want to call this a vision. To me, this was a real life experience. Uh At the foot of my bed, I could see the form of a man turning from like a ghost into solid flesh material and tried to look and make out the face, but it was just brilliant, brilliant light. And nobody spoke any words. I just knew it was Jesus. I don't know how to tell you. I knew I just knew it was Jesus. Wow. And then I'm going to explain this the best that I can. It's just the next thing that I realize, it appears that I'm flying through space in some sort of tunnel of vortex. Now, I know that I'm in some kind of tunnel, but I can see perfect through the walls. It's hard to explain, and it looks like stars are flying past me. The wind feels like it's blowing through me, and I'm just taking all this in. This is the most exciting experience that I've ever had in my entire life, and I don't recall ever leaving this tunnel. The best I can explain it is the next thing I realize is I am live at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I am about 50 to 60 yards away from the cross and Jesus appears to be dead already, his head tilted to the side, and I can hear like a crowd mumble, like I could just hear like everybody in the crowd talking. I'm just taking this all in, and then again, I don't recall moving. It's just the next thing that I realize is now I am about 10 to 15 feet away from Jesus to his side and about a foot to the rear. He is not yet on the cross. Now he's down on one knee being held on each arm by a soldier. And as I'm just looking at him, he is in agony. He's all bloody and bruised and beaten and he's quivering. I mean, I've never saw somebody in so much anguish and pain in my life. And as I'm staring, another man came running from out of my peripheral vision and ran up behind him and cracked the whip on his back this whip was so brutal his back ripped open it looked like he was slashed not whipped but from the brutality of the hit i kind of like clenched and jumped and there i was sitting in my bed
1: wow so you had this intense dream that showed you what jesus did for you at the cross it sounds like you truly understood at this moment what Jesus did for you, but how did you walk away from this intense dream?
0: Well, it put the fear of God in me. Not that I'm scared of God, but now I take him serious. And I now know that this is a reality. It's not a fairy tale. I did not believe in God because I hated God. I didn't believe in God because I disliked a lot of the people who represented him. And I put that on him. And I just thought the thought of him being real was a fairy tale. It just sounded too good to be true. And the reality that we do have a loving father who's in charge, who's looking over us, who says he's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us, and we're never alone, even in the hardest and worst times. It's just so exhilarating and so freeing to know that you're not on your own. God is real,
1: and this is not all there is. Well, there it is. We're hearing from someone who didn't believe in God, and now you're saying he is real. Ronald, it sounds like you came to a point in your life where you're at the end of your rope and you needed something more and as you truly started seeking the lord connected the dots for you to understand that he is the one and the only true god i know there are others listening to this and they're encouraged and i know if god reached you like this he's going to reach others as well thanks so much for sharing your testimony with us today my pleasure hey guys atheist gone christian is this real let's dive deeper right after the short break Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones, and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict, and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right, and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me. This is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, maybe 25 maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? You're probably wondering, how does this dream of Jesus on the cross change an atheist to Christian? Well, I can answer that. There are times in the Bible when God speaks to people through dreams. And what was so interesting is this dream helped him to realize what Christ really did for us at the cross. This is a concept that has been so passed by and is so little understood. And this is a reality that can be understood through a devout relationship with Jesus. What did Jesus really do for us on the cross? Like, what does it have to do with you, with me? Isn't it just a man who suffered like all people do? No, beloved. Jesus' death served as a substitution. For what, you may ask? For you. You see, Jesus knew the penalty of sin, and he knew the penalty of a life that has lived apart from Him. And He loved us so much that He knew we couldn't pay the price for our own sins. He knew we didn't have any way to make it up. There's no way we can do enough good deeds or just be a good enough person. We needed something more. We needed someone to take the hit for us, to take the punishment for us. It's written in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Lord Jesus, we thank You, Lord, that You died on the cross for us, that You became sin for us. Lord Jesus, we don't deserve this, but because You're offering this, You've offered Your life to us, we now take it. We receive this, we believe in this, and we repent of our sins in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on
0: Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.